Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your doom and another episode of A Day with Price, your weekly classical music podcast. My name is Brooke Day. My name is Emma Price. <laughs> <laughs> you never thought your doom would come in the form of an audio medium. Audio offering, no less. I'm a, yes, an audio offering. We are going to destroy you from your eardrums outwards. We're going to destroy your ignorance. Oh, this is a lesson in how to say no to drugs. It's a lesson in what happens if you spend many years and a lot of money on learning to be a classical musician. Yeah. (laughs) You turn into a crazy person. (laughs) <laughs> who talks out of their ass once every two weeks. That's it. You, well, yeah, and some of our friends do it more often than that. I have so many friends who talk out of their butthole at least four times a day. <laughs> Absolutely. As do you. I think we probably know the same, we talk, probably think of the same ones, aren't we? Oh, God. I, I mean, like, yeah. And I just think of the things that I come up with when I'm... Uh, when I'm teaching children, like, uh, so, okay, now that I'm a teacher and uh, all of the things that I trained for basically have just fallen by the wayside. <laughs> now, obviously, if I didn't, if I wasn't as, if I wasn't good at the violin, then I wouldn't know how to teach the violin. And if I wasn't good at the viola, I wouldn't know how to teach it, obviously. But, like, all the things I trained for, at college were like how to practice and how to sight read and how to uh, be very highly educated in the classical music world. And now when I'm, so when I'm at school and I'm teaching some kid that hitting somebody with your bow is a bad idea, it's like all my training is just gone and the training that I should have is basically to be a childminder or to be an educator of some kind. However, you yeah. are learning how to be a parent. That's true. Because you're in a learning way. to discipline children older than your own at the moment. That's true. That's true. The thing that I find very different, <laughs> <laughs> and you you can take this any way you like, is that you just you. You just feel differently about your own kid as you do to other children. What you're trying uh, to say is you don't give a fuck about any of these kids, yeah, do you? Right. You think they're all little shitbags and you just that's don't right. want to have to deal with any of them. It's when, I, when I'm face-to-face with a little tyrant who's really bossing me around, like, I really don't care if he... If lives or I, dies? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if he lives or dies. I don't care if he likes me tomorrow. And I don't care really if he learns the lesson. What I really want him to do is just be out of my life. What you really want him to do is shut the fuck up, go sit at the back and just, yeah, not disrupt yeah. anymore. Yeah, I think I, told, I think I told off one of my students hard enough the other day that, she's, that she didn't come the next week. And I was like, fine, brilliant. Mission accomplished. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, one way to look at it. Like, so, okay, in, in this scenario, I've got, a, I've got a four students in one violin lesson. 
So it's already challenging to teach all four of them because they're all, you know, they're all sort, they're all, they all learn at different levels, uh, and they're all, you know, but this one person is super attention deficit, bouncing off the walls, looking over here, looking over there, like sh this person basically does the exact opposite of what I tell her to do. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it could be a boy, it might be a boy. It's not. It could might be a girl or a boy. Wait, um, you're not sure, or <laughs> it's none of my business. Okay. But she um, or he uh, is so disrespectful to the instrument. So I just keep telling this person to to stop, you know, stop twisting the 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 tuning pegs when they're at home. Don't let their dad try to fix the instrument. And she just regularly brings the instrument back with a broken g-string or he and uh always there's something wrong with it like the bridge is off or something and i'm like sh this person is just mistreating the instrument so i was just like listen you cannot do this if if this keeps happening then so i just told her off hard enough that i think she didn't want to come again uh my, i have one question yeah why is she there or he why uh, is why are they there she signed up they. I, I, I think <clears throat> it was just a like a whim they were like sh should we sign up then they did and that's fine like we we uh, we, we preach music for all and it's good it's good for everybody to, to you know dip their toe in and see how it goes this person would benefit from uh, either private lessons, completely individual private lessons, mm. or from playing something that involved more like hitting of an instrument, you know, like yeah. your, like a real basic sort of xylophone class. Oh God, don't. Uh, yeah, maybe send that one down to the djembe class. It's a it's a tough one because at the same time I think th this person is is funny and I like having them around, but like trying to teach four four people in a room with with that person as one of them it makes it impossible and it's not fair on the other kids exactly and one of the other ones is actually very very talented and really like she's picking up she's really picking up the things that i'm teaching so i've said to this other girl i'm like uh or boy uh i said listen we're gonna treat this like a private lesson for you and we're just gonna have to try to ign ignore the noise that's going on around us like because you actually want to learn this, and some other people in here really are so distracting. Can you so anyway, get the school involved in that? Well, I think I might have to, yeah. Because in the in the end, like the school has to pay for the replacement strings, so it's like uh, every time that there's a broken string because of the actions of somebody, uh. it's like the school has to deal with it. And and at this also, you know, we're gonna do a recital at the end of term. And this person's not going to be able to play anything. Straight up, yo. Oh, mate. Anyway, um, Emma, let's, uh, enough about me. <laughs> Why don't you talk about me? Um, you're my hero. <laughs> you're, you're actually, you're my teaching hero at, hero at the moment. You're like a no-shit Sally, aren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm doing enough of it now that I'm like... I'm starting to feel the flow. I'm yeah. starting to not be intimidated by large groups of children. I thought you were going to say, I'm, I'm just learning not to be intimidated by seven-year-olds anymore. 
But but that's the thing. Like when seven year olds get together and they oh. find something to laugh at about you, oh, they'll dude. all laugh, right? Yeah, like there are times that I have walked out of whole class sessions feeling like I've been bullied by children. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm like absolutely. my self esteem, where did it go? <laughs> I left it in that plastic recorder. <laughs> Kids are well, fucking. Yeah. They're spawn of Satan. Like, they are evil. But the thing is, I was... I remember doing it, too. It's like, pack, 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 you know? Pack? Pack. You know, pack mentality. Oh, yeah, pack mentality. Yeah, the whole... The mob, yeah. Get together and make that single adult want to cry. Absolutely. I've thought... Many times I've thought to myself, whilst... Like, in the... I'll be mid-sentence standing in front of a load of people... And I'll I'll think to myself, you know, if I was in this class, I would also hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely thought that when I'm like, if I'm bored, imagine what those kids are feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But do yeah. you know what, Brooke? That's why I don't teach anymore, because my heart's <laughs> not in it. Yeah. You've done, you've made the right moves. You're yeah. taking care of yourself. Like, I do, That's like private important. students are absolutely cool for me because if they want to be there, I want to be there. If they're making an effort, I, I want to make an effort. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just not. It's not. No. And at the end of the at the end of the day, so many kids are there because it gets them out of you know, maths class or whatever, and they're making the decision based on, uh, based based on other factors. And so, like, I'm happy to make them hate the violin until they want to go back to maths class. <laughs> because I don't want to teach them. I don't want to teach those people. Like, also, it's not like an opportunity. It's not a babysitting opportunity. No, exactly. Exactly right. So, so like, I, I want to, even if you're really, really bad, if, as long as you want to be there and you want to try to learn the violin. Yeah. So, like, we can talk about anything. We can watch YouTube videos about violin and you can feel like you've learned something about the, at least about the culture. But, like, if you're just there to fuck me around and make me wish that I was at home, then, like, let's just take a break. You just go away. I thought you were going to say, let's just take this outside and just settle it (laughs) once and for all. That's right. I can take you. You're only eight. (laughs) And I'm a fucking giant. Yeah, I'm huge. I'll take you and your friends. <laughs> I'll take you. I will take you. <laughs> don't you think I don't mean it? Don't you think I don't mean it? No, to? no. Legally, I'm uh, legally I'm only allowed to fight my adult students. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if no one catches you, then it's your word <laughs> against theirs. Spe- <laughs> Speaking of which, Emma. Hello. Um, I. Uh, since we last spoke, oh God, what? I did a job interview at, at my at the um, East London Late Starters Orchestra, and I got the job. What was the what? Well, so I was doing. Wait, I thought you yeah, never thanks. got jobs from interviews, dude. Well, so so I was doing cover yeah. for them. I was covering a maternity leave. Which then turned into a permanent, like the person went on maternity leave and then said, actually, I just want to spend my Saturdays with my family. Yeah. So then she just didn't come back. Um, Or he. And then. (laughs) Oh, good God. I, uh, so then I, uh, I applied for the job and I got it. Congratulations. Thank you. So now I'm a permanent 
fixture at the East London Late Starters Orchestra. You know what? I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're a real boy now. <laughs> so, so if any of my adult students want to fight me, yeah, bring it on because I can't get on. fired now. Yeah, I can't get fired. You can, you can just do what you like. Uh, what do you do? What do you have to do? <laughs> what do you do? You help the string section out, or what? The East London Late Starters Orchestra is um, uh, an, uh, uh, an organization for adult beginners. And they, um, so you start at stage one and they teach you open strings and stuff like that. On Saturday mornings, there are stage one through stage, I want to say five. Okay. So like stage five, people are, you know, learning fifth and sixth position and learning to play proper full on orchestra music Mm -hmm. and uh, so I, and there's everywhere in between. So Saturday mornings, I teach uh, one hour of stage two group lessons uh, of about eight or nine people. Uh, one hour of stage four group lessons, and that's about ten or twelve people, depending on the day. And then um, I teach uh, the stage one two orchestra. So I conduct. I had to arrange some music for them, and I conduct them. And also, I teach a grade three theory class. Oh. Goodness me. Yeah. You're a busy little thing, aren't you? It's really, really fun. The, the atmosphere is so positive because it's, because it's grown-ups and they want to be there. I love teaching adults, especially when oh. they become your friend and then you go out and get drunk with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty great teaching adults. As, like, especially as, now that I've been there for a while, like every once in a while, you, you know, when you're having during tea break or something... You end up standing near somebody that you've never spoken to before, and you're just like, "So, what do you do for a living?" Because, like, because when I go there, I'm just I'm a musician that goes to teach these people. Of course. So, like, you know, we're talking about music and we're talking about stuff that I'm into, and basically, they they know my career just by being there. <laughs> but then I talk to them, and they all have super interesting, fully filled out. Uh, careers and lives besides playing the violin. So it's not like hanging out with musicians. Like, they're all trying to be musicians, but, like, none of them are. Yeah. So then you're like... I mean, I don't mean that in an offensive way. Like, Yeah, I know. Thanks. They're they're all, you know, and, you know, one's a doctor, one's an actor, one's a computer engineer, one's a <gasps> so-and-so. And then you just... One's, one of my theory students is a translator for Italian... Uh, uh, like advertising and stuff like that. Whoa. It's just fucking so cool, and they all have such interesting things to say. And do you know what annoys me? Their instruments are always like really expensive and good because they can afford really nice instruments. And I was like, he pricks. Mm. There's some well, some of them. issue. There's something that isn't quite fair there. No, I think that's p- perfectly fair. I think it's perfectly fair. Like. Listen, Emma, you, uh, if, if I gave you the Stradivarius of flutes, yeah, you would make it sound good. Thank right? you. If, if, you give some, if you give some adult beginner, and no offense to them, but if you give them the Stradivarius of flutes, they're not going to make it sound as good as you. So they don't deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> no, Emma, what? listen, the, the point is not that you need an expensive instrument. The music comes from within you. Look, my heart will go on, but... 
what's the line? Well, who was it? Heifetz or some violinist. Some reporter was like, Sir, you have such a nice sounding violin. And he held it aloft, not playing it, and just held it up over his head and said, Yes, doesn't it sound nice? Ha! Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how expensive your expensive your vi- your instrument is, you gotta be able to you gotta be, you gotta be able to lock your lips with it. And Dude, make I it. totally mm-hmm. agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. However, a twenty-eight thousand <laughs> pound solid gold flute is gonna sound better than my current instrument, and like it would just be there are certain things that would be a lot easier and would be more lovely, and I will right. never get that out of my instrument. Well, or I'll uh, die um, trying. Listen, we're going to win the lottery tomorrow, so no problemo. Good point, baby. What What's up with you? We've talked about, again, we talked about me the whole time, so what's up with you? We can save talking about me till the next episode, if you like. Oh, this will just be a Brooke episode. Yeah, Brooke, do you want to? A Brooke-heavy episode. That's when we're 17 minutes into it. Fuck me. All right. Oh, Yawn. God. We're going to edit this down. No, you're not. You're going to keep it all. It's gold. It's all comedy gold. <laughs> it's all. It's a solid gold flute, baby. It's it's tw- it's tw- uh, 24 carats. I'm like, wait, I've never even... It's like the second time that phrase has ever come out of my mouth. That's how much of a pauper I am. Dude, let's just recommend. Talk about me next time. Your life's more important than mine. Well, as long as we've established that now, it's canon, people. Write it in the wiki. Ember and Brooke have seen something that maybe you don't know Then turn the sound of listening Could we put it in our show? Recommend So I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Emma I believe you. And I'm going to recommend some Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Good one. Emma, I'm just obsessed with him. I just I just love him so much and I just I just feel so sad for I heard another I heard a podcast about him recently what was and it? He, um it was talking about the mysteries of his death. Who the fuck's talking about classical music on a podcast, eh? <laughs> eh? It's that um, that podcast I told you about called Case Notes, where it's, huh. it's they're trying to make it like a true crime podcast. Yeah. But they're talking about things that happen in classical music. So the first one was about uh, somebody who grave robbed Haydn's skull. That's so dark. <laughs> right. And the first episode blew my mind because it was information I didn't know. But the now, actually the the one about Tchaikovsky, they're trying to make it all like ooh true crimey. What really happened? But in reality, like. There, there is some mystery behind his death, but at the same time, it's nothing. No, none of the information is new, and um, okay, it's, I didn't. It didn't. It didn't reveal anything to me except for how sad the poor man's life was. It just sort of reiterated it because he was so he was so afraid of gossip, and he was so afraid of people finding out that he was gay. Yeah, that we're talking he, about Peter now, by the way, people. Yeah, Peter Tchaikovsky. Uh, he, that he rushed into a marriage with a woman, um, which within months of 
marrying and and he married a a woman who was madly in love with him but she was like a you know she was like a fan girl <laughs> um uh, within months of marrying her, he was like, uh, this is not going to work. Yeah, because she he... was probably some crazy bitch trying to fuck him every night. He's like, I can't handle this. <laughs> She'd be like a yeah. sex monkey, like, come on, come on, come on. He's just like, I can't. Yeah. And he's like, I can't. It doesn't work this way. Uh, yeah, her name was Antonina Miljukova. Antonina. Antonina. So he got depressed and he abandoned her. And he went on a trip to, like, France and some Germany and Switzerland. And he oh, he was staying in Clarence, which is a resort on the shores of Lake Geneva. Tchaikovsky, <laughs> Tchaikovsky was um, one of the first ever Russian composers who was successful and rich. So, like, if he, if Tchaikovsky needed a week off, he could just take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was one of the first, in fact, I think he was the first Russian composer to be rich and famous. Uh, and one of the first ever, like, romantic uh, composers to be so popular that, you know, he was so in high demand that he was just making money, 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 money. Um, so he was staying at this resort and he was joined by, I haven't even told you what piece I'm recommending. Yet, Ugh, I but I will. This. It's like case notes. Wow, we should start a podcast. <laughs> he was um, <laughs> <laughs> such mystery. Ooh. He was working on a piano sonata, but he was finding it hard work. So uh, he was joined by uh, one of his composition pupils slash friend slash maybe lover. Oh, okay. Now I'm he listening. Yeah, now I perked up your little kaboinkus, haven't I? <laughs> uh, Boink! Yosef Kotek. Okay. Um, joined him. He was studying... He studied with Yosef Joachim, who's a very yeah. famous violin school starter. Yeah, remember? Um, so they got together in this in their little shack and, you know, uh, played music together, shall we say. Uh, but apparently they went through the violin piano arrangement of Edward Lalo's Symphony Espanol, which is another lovely piece that I should recommend someday. Don't know it. Um, uh, oh, it's it's a it's basically a violin concerto, but it's called a Symphony Espanol. Okay. Um, so they played through it, and apparently it inspired Tchaikovsky to write his one and only violin concerto. Oh, brilliant! So there's a lot of talk about uh, the fact that Tchaikovsky couldn't establish strong personal relationships with people because he was trying to hide so much of his personality from the public. He, um, he, he didn't write very many piano concertos. He only wrote two, and only one of them is famous. And he only wrote one, one violin concerto. Uh, you know, his huge, massive symphonies are one thing, but, like, the, the intimacy of writing a concerto sort of eluded him. Except for in this case, his violin concerto is actually a total masterpiece. It's really, really great. And let's get on with it. Oh, um, yes. they, they, they wrote it so quickly, it took him, like, two weeks to uh, write all the melodies. Two weeks? Maybe less. A couple of days to write all the melodies, and then they orchestrated it in under a month. Him and his mate. Him and his mate. They had a lot of time on their hands, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
and a lot of time in bed to you know it's it's easy to to be creative when you've got pillow talk with your with your muse now uh, this is also a strange time in in music history where that the the person he dedicated the piece to was uh, like it was like a political thing. Like if you dedicated your piece to the wrong person, then people wouldn't play your music. Oh yeah, right. So he couldn't. He didn't want to dedicate the piece to the man who helped him compose it, because mm. uh, right, people would talk about uh, their relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in 1881, he broke with Kotek after uh, Kotek refused to play the violin concerto, believing it was poorly received uh, and would, it would damage Kotek's career. Oh. However, uh, eventually he did dedicate Kotek um, a piece, the Valse Scherzo for C for violin and orchestra, which is obviously something else. Uh, he intended, Tchaikovsky intended the first performance to be given by Leopold Auer, for whom he had written something else. Uh, Auer refused, they had to cancel the, the planned premiere um, and they had to get somebody else to fucking play it. So oh. like, uh, it was just one of those things where um, if something had gone right, it would have been easy, but everything just went wrong. So in the end, Adolf Brodsky gave the first performance on the 4th of December in 1881 in Vienna. Mm -hmm. um, and then he changed the dedication to Brodsky instead of Auer. So, Damn straight. So there's all, you know, all these things about whose name is on the original score for who cares. And there was all this, <laughs> there was all this thought about, you know, it, maybe it wasn't going to be popular because you know, this person wouldn't play it. And so then if he doesn't like just, you know, because there's no recordings and there's no MP3s, if there's no, if there's nobody to play your piece, then it's not going to get out there and nobody's going to hear it. And then yeah. it's just going to be a failure and, and then it'll just be gone. Um, okay. There and it, and it it wasn't exactly well received. People said that the last movement is odorously Russian. Oh, uh, it was it was Racist? so it was so <laughs> it was so challenging that the violin was not played, but beaten black and blue. <laughs> okay, let's have some of the music. The first movement is is by far the longest, and it by like totally overshadows the others because it's so beautiful. the personal uh, the um, the intimacy of the music really comes through the the opening melody uh, is, sounds like this
it's so lyrical like the lyricalness of the melody it's not like a normal opening violin concerto where it's like uh it's like really exciting fast hard music he he ends up making it hard and fast but the actual musicality of it is so lyrical mm. uh the orchestra gets to play that melody as well and then it goes into the second melody which is also very lyrical There's a lots of tweedly dees and tweedly dums and flippity flips and beautiful sections like this one. Um, yeah it's it's like and and if you get the right person playing it the music can be just unbelievable uh there's infinity recordings of this on on uh youtube i'm using the um the heifetz oh. version okay hi uh yeah, anyway, uh, there's uh, there's another tangent I can go on, but I don't want to. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, in the classical period, I don't know if you have this in flute concertos, but in the classical period, um, people were encouraged, that it, the style of the time was to write your own cadenza. Yeah, 100% same. Right, and then in, when the romantic period came around, composers started writing their cadenzas. Yes. So that they could be adequately virtuosic and also so, i suppose uh -huh. like you could actually get like a bit of a dum-dum who writes something that's completely out of keeping and out of style so absolutely. i suppose they've got to cover their backs yeah absolutely the cla like you know being a classical performer it was probably more ingrained like the classical style was more mm, there but like exactly if you didn't have the yo if you weren't of the joachim school of violining you might not have the chops to create your own. Yeah, you might just go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the cadenza touches on both the uh, first melody and the second melody. I'm gonna play you the whole cadenza because, god damn it, you're gonna love it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Cadenza. Oh, Cadenza. Love a snazzy Cadenza. (laughs) First movement ends, and it's it's like a nicely self-contained piece. The second movement is uh, like almost a little overindulgently lyrical. Like, is, is that such a thing? I, I don't when know. When it comes to Peter, I feel yeah. When it comes to Mr. Tchaikovsky, uh, maybe that's not a thing. I feel like the 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 soppiness of the second movement makes it more forgettable. Okay. Like it's beautiful and it's good and it's so rich and velvety, but like the first movement does that, but then has some exciting bits. I Whereas see. the second movement really milks it and yeah. really sl- really slathers it on. Here, check it out. Yeah. So that was the entire second movement. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Um, uh, here's some more of the second movement, just so you get a flavor of this uh, melancholy. It's also like in G, uh, which is a far off key from D major. The, the first key movement in D major. Um, here's some more second movement. Now, the second movement leads directly into the third movement with no stopping. Oh. So let's hear that connection. stop don't stop well there was also apparently there was a problem with audiences clapping yeah oh wait so composed, like there is still now yeah exactly so <laughs> will like the they never mo- learn <laughs> the first movement um would would be so was so strong that they would let the audience clap mm. but then after the second movement they're just like we just want to we just want to get going on to the end here and so you don't want a pitiful um a smattering that in no way resembles the wild ruckus of the first of the oh, first man. movement as well. Exactly. There's nothing worse than a sort of pitiful it just sounds like like um raindrops and on a tin roof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the it's the worst when there's two audience members that aren't sure the mm. etiquette and so <coughs> they just take it. <laughs> I had a I had a conductor once. We were doing Brahms uh, Requiem, and yeah. he he like turned, he stopped the audience from clapping. 
He turned to them Wait, and was like... Wait, people were clapping during segments of the Brahms Requiem. Well, like, because there's movements, right? So we finished... So it was an interesting concert because we did... The two pieces we did before the Requiem were, were both one-movement things. So the audience got used to clapping every time there was silence. Oh, I see. So right, they clapped after the first thing. They clapped after the second thing. We played the first movement of the Brahms Requiem. And they started clapping. Oh and this God. this old German man turned to the audience and he stopped them. You know, he waved his hands and he was like, please, applause at the end, if you wish. I love that. It was so great. It was but like, that's the thing, like with a requiem, you need that silence, that like contemplative silence. What the fuck is wrong with those people? Exactly. My God. <laughs> Philistines. <laughs> Canadians, you know what I mean? Oh, it's so happy. It's <laughs> the so, requiem as, a, as an opportunity to just have a good time. The third movement, as we stated before, is heavily set in Russian folk music, as Tchaikovsky always fucking is. Yeah. A one-trick pony, but my God, is he good. Oh, God. I'll take it, man. Yeah. Um, this this is very playful, very boisterous, very Check it out. Um, and the sec- yeah, right? The second melody is much more like heavy and uh, it's like way up high on the G string, so it has a certain timbre. Mm. Uh, you know, you know when your G your G string gets way up high. I I have been known to know that. Yes. You have a certain timbre, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, uh, The second melody sounds like this. And that second melody transforms into a faster version of the same melody. builds to uh, a wonderful climax of the piece. I, d- uh, I don't think there's a, a cadenza in the third movement. Um, let's hear some more of that, that climax.
and then we fly off to the ending like crazy town And the audience went crazy. Yeah, then they go banoonies. Oh, man. Like, you didn't Panties. let us clap after the second one, so we got to <laughs> compensate for that now. We're making up for all the claps we missed. Didn't even really like that movement, but we just got to clap so hard. Yeah, encore for the second movement only, please. <laughs> yeah, this is for the second. <laughs> Not the third. I just want to clarify, okay? Yasha, Yasha, look at my boobs for the second movement. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing my panties at you for the second movement, not the third, okay? I'm still wet from the second movement. But now I'm dry as a bone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still wet. I was wet. I'm still seduced from the second movement, Yasha. Yeah. You had me at the second. Um... <laughs> Very good. Okay, great. Lots of fun. It's so fun, isn't it? Yeah, lots of fun. And also, it's a nice little insight into Tchaikovsky actually getting close to someone, maybe, and, you know, getting close maybe. to his emotional uh, outpouring in his music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. It must have been hard. Fucking hell. I'm surprised he didn't kill anyone. You know? When the, um, we have to live such a, when you have to live such a lie, it can just make people... Well, it killed him, didn't it? So. Well, yeah. And, yeah, one of the things in this podcast said one of the theories of his death was that the Russian government and church came to him and said... Because there's there's speculation as to whether he killed himself or not. Yeah, right. So then there was this, uh, there's this other piece of speculation uh, where somebody said that he met with members of the government and they said to him, because of his social life, he needs to kill himself or they will kill him. Oh, my God. So they were like, take matters into your own hands or, or, we'll, we'll, or do we'll do it. And, uh, and s like, so maybe he was, he was depressed and he drank cholera water on purpose or maybe... Uh, maybe it was some other form of assassination. I feel and, like if and I were maybe it was do poison. It, cholera water would not be the one. That sounds like a grisly death. What a way to die. Oof. I'd just go with a classic gun. Right? Gunshot. Yeah, yeah there's... Or heroin overdose, but we don't need to go too deep into <laughs> my suicidal thoughts. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Why? Don't do it. Don't I do won't. it that way. Mate, I no. won't. I've experienced suicide from you know people mm -hmm. that I've known and it's a real really selfish way to go uh, well you know there's 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 differing opinions I know I won't hold it against you if you need to do that but you know I don't though so I think we're good cool yeah, okay. um, let's wrap right. this up <laughs> this sucks uh, <laughs> so thank you so much to James Cook for the use of 
of Venus de Milo from Anti Love Songs that we use as our gorgeous theme music. Oh, Thanks to Andy yeah. for building us a website. Check it out at daywithprice.com. Please yeah. do get in touch with us. Touch. Um, we are on Twitter at Day with Price. We're mm-hmm. on Facebook at Day with Price. And we are on oh. Instagram as our own separate people because we are independent. We are a day and we are a price. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to hear a piece recommended, please do get in touch with, uh, with us at the above mediums. Media. And we Media. will be sure to A, respond, and B, do whatever you ask us to do. We'll do, we'll do anything. Yeah, at this stage, literally anything. <laughs> right, sign off. What's our catchphrase again? Go get him. <laughs> <laughs>